Welcome to the Beans and Books podcast, all books all the time. I'm Monica, and today it's just me, um, but we'll have Taylor with us for the next episode. I'll be discussing chapter one, um, so make sure that you've read it and you're ready to dive into it. And before we get begin here, I have the world of books for you today. Some books are coming out in the book month of October. Um, that I'm particularly interested in, The um, Muse of Nightmares by Lainey Taylor, The Lady's Guide to Petticoats and Piracy by Mackenzie Lee, Smoke and Mirrors by Neil Diamond, which originally was published in 1998. I think they're just re-releasing it. So I'm really excited about The Muse of Nightmares. I do need to read the first one. I think that's the second one um, in the Strange Nightmare series. And then the Later's Guide to Petticoats and Piracy, there's that one's the second one as well in that series, but it sounds really interesting. Um, and then Neil Diamond is one of my favorites, so um, anything that he releases is pretty exciting. And I just wanted to like kind of touch on him a little bit as he is the author of Coraline, which is the book that we're starting with. So I love Neil Gaiman's work. Um, I kind of just started getting into it this past year. Um, I read Coraline, Norse Mythology, um, and then one of those comics all in the same time frame. It was like all at once I suddenly um, was super into what he was writing, and um, it was all really good. I loved everything that I read by him. Um, He's originally from England, but he lives in the U.S. now, and he's written over 25 books. He's a journalist. Um, He loves the library. He says that he would not be who he is now um, if he wasn't for his library. And then he also says that he is currently growing pumpkins and keeps on making things up. And I'm so glad that he does because his stories are always um, magical. There's always a ton of mystery. um, And I love the detail that he puts in there. Even the smallest details um, are important in his stories. Um, So let's get into some facts about the book and the movie of Coraline. The movie was originally supposed to be a live action, but the director felt that it would be too difficult to weave together properly. Um, They thought that some of the things would look weird if they weren't animated, especially um, the talking cat in there. Um, And so they did the stop motion with the little like clay figures instead. And then the song that the other father sings is actually a warning, kind of is like um, a warning of like what's going to happen the rest of the story. Um, the character YB is in the movie is actually not in the book. He's um, a character that I think they put in to kind of uh, make the movie more likable. And the title is Coraline because uh, Neil tried to type in Caroline, but um, there was a typo and it was he kept he wrote and he just kept it. Um, and he originally wrote it for his daughter, Holly, when she was five, because she loves scary stories, which I think is really funny, um, because it, it is, like, if you think of it, it's a really terrifying story for a kid, I think. I think even as adults, it can be a little terrifying, um, but I think it proves a lot of, um, good points that, you know, we should pay more attention to our children. Um, and I think that sometimes we have a tendency to be like, oh, we're, we're too busy for you, we can't, we, we don't have time for you. And I think that's um, an unintentional, like, lesson from this story. Alright, so the first chapter, we have the Jones family. 
Moving to a new house where Coraline finds an odd door. The house is filled with weird neighbors, a Russian man trying to create a jumping mouse circus, and two actresses who seem to be losing their marbles. Coraline explores their new home and garden, and then at bedtime, she sees a shadow and follows it to the door, but doesn't see anything. She goes back to bed and has a strange dream about rats singing a spooky song. Now, I know in, like, England, a garden sometimes can be, like, a backyard, so I don't know if it's just, um, because I know in the movie there's, like, an actual garden, and I think there is in the book as well, but I'm not sure if she's exploring, like, that garden or if it's just the yard. So I wanted to do a character profile on Coraline. Okay, so she's 11 years old. Um, she has blue hair, which I think is really interesting. Um, because obviously naturally wouldn't be blue um, and that her parents maybe don't care enough that she dyed it I don't know I mean it doesn't matter like I would if my kids wanted to dye their hair I would probably let them but I think it's just interesting at 11 years old that she's already dyeing her hair um, and the book says that she's really small Ooh. sorry it's really late that I'm doing this because I have to wait for the kids to go to bed <laughs> Um, and then we meet also Miss um, Fink and Forcible, which are two old and round um, actresses. And then we meet Bobinski, who in this chapter, the only description we have of him is an old man with a mustache. Um, but I kind of like looked up his character a little bit, and it does say that he's Russian. And then we meet the black cat, who Coraline describes as hottie. And in the movie, I think you kind of get the sense of that, too. So, okay, the Jones family moves into this old house that's been divided so that the rooms can be rented out to several people. Um, and my thinking of that is probably due to the pricing being too much for a renter loan. Because if it's, like, a really old house, I think sometimes, like, for one person to rent out, it's, like, a lot. And the woman who owns it is supposedly kind of old, so I can kind of understand her not living there because it's a lot for her to take care of on her own. Um, but I think it's interesting to note that, like, their family, like, the last name is Jones. Like, it's supposed to be, they always hear that Jones is, like, a common, like, name, like, there's something special about it, like, you know, the normal common family, you know, the Jones family. Um... So, the, our tenants for this are the Joneses, Bobinski, and Spink Enforceable. And um, Spink Enforceable also have, like, a million dogs. Those little, like, little German Huskies, little black dogs. And I think I, um... Oh, and also for Bobinski, you know, he has the jumping mice in his um, part of the house as well. And I want to make a like distinction here because color, um, in a lot of books, not just this one, is like sometimes really important. It kind of gives us some insight into okay, what's going on here? Like, is this, are these going to be good for our character? Is going to be bad for our character? Um, color, you know, and especially in Disney, like you kind of see like Maleficent. There's like a green color resonated with her, and their purple is for royalty, and so. I think especially in books, like, color has a lot to do with the story. So I wanted to make a distinction between the rats and the mice. The, um, 
circus mice are white, and we later find out the rats are a darker color. So Coraline wants to desperately do something with her parents. Um, I think even just having a conversation with them, but they seem to have no time for her. They kind of like push her around and like in the movie, um, you get a sense of like, they're just like, they have a lot of work to do, but I think like they could probably take some time off for her. I mean, it seems kind of extreme, but I don't know if maybe Neil wanted it to seem a little extreme. Like, they just, it makes it seem like they almost don't want to spend time with her at all. So anyway, after exploring, Coraline becomes bored, which I think she gets bored a lot because she's an only child. Um, I'm not saying that only children are always bored, but, you know, she doesn't have anyone else to kind of, like, entertain her and keep her busy. Um, And so she tries to find something to watch on TV, she ends up watching the end of a show about protective coloration. And I think, to me, it seems like some kind of um, foreshadowing. Because you know, later on when we meet the other mother, she kind of makes herself seem differently by her coloration and shape. Um, because she, like, to survive, has to lure in um, her, I guess you, you would say, quote-unquote, prey. And to do that you know she obviously has to make herself appealing so I think that it seems like some sort of um foreshadowing um I'm not entirely sure and then she finds um a door and in the book it's described as a big brown carved door that's entirely wooden and has a keyhole for the blackest key in the house so um the movie is in here is that it's a small door like if you've ever seen the movie it's just like this little square um door that's kind of like covered up by wallpaper but it seems like to me in the book it's not covered up at all like it's a totally just it's a door like you can tell it's a door it's a door it's a door there's like nothing um hidden about it and so we find another foreshadowing. We find out that um, Coraline does not like spiders. They make her really uncomfortable. Um, and so I think even after she starts to really like um, things that she's eating and doing at the other mother's house, she still has this kind of uncomfortableness to her, I think. Um, and then at the end of the chapter, she has a dream of rat singing a spooky song. And I wanted to um, read that to you. It says, we are small, but we are many. We are many. We are small. We were here before you rose. We will be here when you fall. And the songs, like, to me, it seems to be about how rats, like, I don't know, like, quote-unquote, predate mankind. And they'll still be here when we die. And I think it's kind of, like, supposed to be really creepy because rats are not necessarily the most liked things. They're kind of mean. Um... And they are very cunning. So it's kind of like they have some sort of knowledge that Coraline doesn't. And I think you really, um, like, get this sense of it in the next chapter, especially. Um, but I think, you know, it's interesting that, um, immediately, like, right off the back, we're, like, told that there's something weird going on here. And it seems like Coraline doesn't really notice it or 
she does notice that she doesn't care. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's almost one of those things that are like, okay, does she not care because it gives her something to do because her, her parents are just so neglectful of her? Or is it because she doesn't necessarily have that sense of, like, keeping herself safe? Like, she doesn't have enough, like, um, sense of danger. You know, she's 11, so I can kind of understand it. Like, at 11, I would say I was probably a little bit more dangerous than I should have been. I did things that maybe I shouldn't have. Um, but hers seems to almost be, like, she's excited about you know, things like that, and so I think as a parent, I would kind of, like, freak out, I'd be like, oh my goodness, what are you doing, and I think, like, I would, um, I think I would open the door to just see, like, what was behind it, like, as a mom, and if there's something behind it, I would lock it shut, obviously, um, I think her mom, in the next chapter, um, just leaves it unlocked, or no, in this chapter, she leaves it unlocked. Um, and, like, in her dream, there's, like, something um, coming to it. And it's, like, it doesn't um, matter at all. So, like, she doesn't mention it to her mom, but it makes her feel unsafe at all. Um, and so, I think that there's just this overall sense of, like, you she knows and you know what she should be doing but she ignores it anyway kind of a deal so like this chapter is fairly short um I think most of them are um so next week we'll probably end up doing two chapters um depending on how everything goes but um you know I have um another spot open so if you're interested in diving into the other like the rest of the chapters with me um, send me a message on Facebook. Um, this book is really interesting, and I think there's, like, a lot of information to it. Um, even in such short chapters, you know, it's sometimes a book doesn't have to be long to have, like, a big um, impact on you. And I think that Neil Diamond is really good at doing this. Like, his details are just spot on for this sort of thing. So that ends the um, first chapter discussion. Um, shorter than I want it to, to, to be, and I, hopefully it's longer, I think it is longer than our first, um, post, but, um, next, like I said, the next post will have my friend Taylor with us, and then she'll be able to provide, like, her own insight to everything, so make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook under the handle Sunshine Eyes blog. And if you'd like to be part of our discussions, openings are on the page. I'm only putting up, um, four books at a time because, um, you know, I think that that's a lot. So like every four months I'll have the books up for those two. Um, and you can, you know, as long as you message me, I would gladly put you on the book of your choice. Um, and I'm always taking suggestions. So if there's a book that you're really interested in, I can see like want to do, I kind of have an outline of the books that I want to do for this next year. Um, but I'm always up for the suggestions. Um, and then you could also send an email to mchadwick2 at yahoo.com. Episodes go up every Tuesday and Thursday. And every Tuesday we have the WAB, <laughs> which I've named that because it's the world of books. I kind of got the idea from World of Beer. Um, and 
and so every Tuesday we'll be doing news about books and authors and meetups and everything like that. Um, we're on Patreon, Patreon as Beans and Books Podcast. It kind of helps us um, to grow and get better, provide more content, and offers, and opportunities for giveaways and special episodes. And I do want to note on the giveaways, um, I have them quite often because sometimes I will get sent um, like an art book and then the finished copy of a book. Um, and then I don't always want to have two copies of the book, especially if it wasn't like my favorite book. I'm not always going to have two copies with me. So I do have, um, brand new copies of books, um, for people. So you definitely want to get involved in that. Um, so thanks for tuning in and remember that books are some of our greatest friends. Join us next week for chapter two.